0: Alright, so our next podcast is going to be looking at, I wanted to look at dependent origination. um, Pratitya Samutpada. uh, But that led me to um, looking for a very simple definition. And I came across one particular Buddhist, Peter Harvey, Buddhist supposed scholar. I read about him. He's at some sort of uh, technical school in Northern England that you know, one of dozens that were created in the late 60s just, I don't know, to, to educate the baby boomers or something. But make sure to go through, uh, look at dependent origination. Try to find uh, an an answer, but at the same time then or maybe look at anatta because it relates to our previous um Posts. This gentleman has made his career on Anatta and he doesn't understand it, right? Because he names his book, where is it here? The Selfless Mind, right? But he isn't so dense or obtruse to not mention in his explanation for the book that he explores issues relating to the not-self teaching, because that is anatta, not-self. But further to the proof, he just doesn't understand this. He quotes the Gandhaba principle, not the uh, lower-level deva or heavenly being. But he quotes uh, that mentioning in the bardos, we've talked about this, the between states, between uh, death and rebirth, Uh, What is in the Pali canons or the Nikayas um, referred to as Gandaba, Um, not, like I said, the heavenly creatures. But again, this is um, uh, more than human, right? Because we've talked about the bardo. So your between states are when you are still attached to your previous life's energies, Okay, and this gentleman here goes on, and actually I can even read because it's just absolutely too much. It examines the person as a flowing continuity centered on consciousness or discernment. Vinan. Vinanya. It's tough, because in Pali it's V I double N, but they're NJ. It's like nya So vinnana, configured in changing mindsets or chittas. The resting state of this is seen as brightly shining, like the Buddha nature of Mahayana thought, so as to represent the potential for nirvana. Nirvana is then shown to be a state in which consciousness transcends all objects and thus participates in a timeless, unconditioned realm. He doesn't get it at all. No wonder why he's teaching at a technical school in northern England. Because first... Selfless mind? Come on. Are you trolling? It's not self. And the person is flowing continuity centered on consciousness or discernment. No, vinyana is vai, added to jnana, right? So your ultimate consciousness. Your, your, uh, and if you read the translations, he even goes into it and explains that it is discernment. That is is vijnana is. And jnana is simply that understanding that it's not self, right? You don't get rid of yourself, but it's also just a, a collection, just like the dependent origination. You are a collection of cittas, of mind states, born and die away. You are not this continuity, as he tries to infer. You are simply what you attach to in this lifetime influenced by your previous attachments and your previous choices as we talked about in the bardos so you lead a life filled with positive energy that you say for example you're not the ultimate as he sorry the last thing he mentioned was he says the bright shining nature and present for potential and stop it That's just your Buddha nature. That's our ability for this discernment. We are able to use this self, this uh, Atta, to see what is real and what is um, mind-created. So arguably, we transcend all objects because he's glazing over the fact that there is multiple objects we're talking about here, kind of like in the Hindu, the Prakti. All of it, the, the sense objects, your volition, you know, any physical objects, all of it is transcended by this same self, which it seems most people just don't seem to understand, right? So yes, your previous life influences you, but only in the sense that you haven't conditioned yourself to be fully aware Therefore, you're still trapped in this wheel of becoming, of death and rebirth, over and over and over again. It's that attachment to the self that attaches you to this birth and death and rebirth cycle. But it is using that same self to uh, discern the difference between abject reality And our conditioned reality, or the illusionary or illusory um, state, where everything is jaded by our ego, by this um, self protecting self, not a selfless mind, right? A a selfishless mind. Because you can't be without even the ego. But what you can be is without the negative influence that is the ego. So my next podcast is actually going to be an attempt to discuss um, discernment, uh, dependent origination or conditional um, origination, depending on the definition you want to look at. It's simply cause and effect, right? Or... Like I said here, we're not ourselves. We're simply a a collection of different minds being born and dying away over and over again. It's the same idea that are we a collection of little parts uh, or are we this individual thing? The self is no different than any other object. So they tend to use, for example, a table. You can look at a table and you can start to break it down into dependent origination. You have the tabletop, you have the legs right? You have the bolts and the screws and the hardware. You break it down further, you see, you know, the the sap wood from the trees, and you see the cell structure of the tree itself. You break that down further, you see the cells of the tree, you break down further, arguably you should be able to see atoms and electrons and protons and neutrons, and further down to quarks, and then further to dark matter, and who knows what else? But the idea is this dependent origination. You're not trying to figure this out for, uh, look at me, or, you know, this anatta, the not-self. It's not, it's not for kudos. It's not for glory. There is no attainment. The idea behind this theory of the not-self is to understand that when you break down everything, including the self, There is nothing that you can point to that is you. Therefore, you are no different than every other object in the universe. So no different, no special creature. And that should awaken within you. What he mentions is bright, shining. I like clear light insight where you can see into the nature of all things. And that's why dependent origination ties in with the Shunyata doctrine or the mind-only doctrine, the emptiness doctrine. Everything is empty of its own conditional uh, existence. I mean, meaning nothing exists in and of itself. Everything is made up of a bunch of little parts that all can be broken down. So the truth is, we are no different from one another. Therefore, we shouldn't see ourselves as independent Therefore, the ego shouldn't play on how we perceive everything in our universe and the choices we make. And that boils down to exactly what I was saying. Cause and effect is action. Action is karma. Karma is the choices you make, the energies you attach to, your attachments, your aversions. And in the end, the person you've created from all these little parts, is what attaches in this between state. So you've created this greater than uh, human creature that is so attached to this uh, state of life and death that refuses to allow that self to take a back seat to, again, this innate. Um, Nature, this Tathagata Garbha, our Buddha nature, our thatness. What is that thatness? It is that discerning awareness that we all have within us. And it doesn't have to be about nirvana. And again, he gets that wrong. Nirvana is not a timeless, unconditioned realm. It's perceived as timeless and unconditioned because you're aware and you transcend all objects. Time is a construct because this entire uh, samsaric realm is this conditioned uh, origination, this dependent origination. Uh, Conditioned how? Because we have chosen to be born again, chosen to be deluded by our own ego, by our own desires, our own selfishness, our own suffering. So, if we look at the title, as selfless mind as the goal then that might work. But I shall peruse further in the book and see. But I just love how I happened upon this looking at maybe doing a podcast about dependent origination. And I actually stumbled upon yet another example how uh, the, the, one of the three marks of existence is being misunderstood, right? And the tragedy is, it is arguably some of the most important. Um, details of the philosophy, right? We have our Four Noble Truths, that life is suffering, there is a cause to that suffering, that cause has an end, and that end is living a correct life, which is, you know, right speech, right thought, right mindfulness, right action, right effort. It is important that you understand right or correct. It's just simply that uh, awareness or that ability to discern the difference between making selfish choices and selfless choices. That's what anatta means. Not self. It's not all about you. That's what the noble truths are about. And the marks of existence are the same. Everything is impermanent. Nothing lasts. It's not about you. Not self. Right? And the truth of existence is you know, that, um, you know, life is suffering and we're the source of our own suffering. But we'll leave it at that. Again, I just wanted to share some ideas that I might do in the next...